recently I have been revisiting the New Testament and this desperate seek and this desperate need for deeper understanding of the covenant with Christ. Now we all know that everyone says, you know, Jesus died for our sins. Um, you know, he was a sacrificial lamb and he taught and everything. But what we don't understand is this spiritual covenant that took place over Jesus's life and how that covenant protects us. Now you may say, you know, what is a covenant, right? We make covenants on a daily basis. And this is something that, again, I'm truly just learning about, so stay with me. But pretty much a covenant is an agreement. So let's think all the way back to the first covenant that was given when God tried to reconcile with his people. The first covenant was the Abrahamic covenant where God told Abraham, you know, if you follow me and you obey my laws, I will give you many, many generations. Um, you know, I will bless you. I will prosper you. And all you have to do is just follow me, follow my covenant. That was the first one. And there were many other covenants sent with really important prophets all throughout the Bible. But the most important covenant was the last covenant that was given. That is the greatest of them all. Because Christ did not come to do away with the law, right? That was given with Moses. Because there was a covenant for Moses as well. But Moses had to obey and teach the Hebrews to obey the covenant given to him. However, you know what happened with that. <laughs> um, and that was the whole purpose of Christ coming to fulfill the law, to actually show that a human being is capable of fulfilling God's law by being blameless, by not, by not bloodying their spiritual white robe, right? Not transgressing against others in no type of way and even being righteous, being passionately righteous about how we treat each other, how we look at each other, how we view each other. So Christ did so much more than just die on a cross. Christ lived out every single one of the laws and had even shown that the laws were not to be this black and white kind of understanding. They were to be they were to be loved and honored by the people because they were given to govern us, to keep us safe. And you might say, well, keep us safe from what? Well, each other. You see, sin is perpetuated because we perpetuate sin against each other. We hurt each other. And that started off very well from the first chapter of the Bible, maybe the first, maybe the second chapter, right? When everything kicked off with Adam and Eve. What did they do? They disobeyed. So a lot of it is all about obedience, being obedient to God. 
we clearly see that disobedience comes with a great price. When we disobey God and what he's telling us to do and what he's telling us, how he's telling us to move, it pushes us further and further away from God. And we see that with Adam and Eve, especially because we we don't have accountability. We seem to have a hard time admitting to things, you know, accepting our faults because our our inner compass is what I like to call it, your conscience. Your conscience will tell you when you're doing something wrong, but your mind sometimes gets filled with so much ego and pride, which is more sin, that you'll have a hard time actually making amends, actually doing what is right, actually doing what is fair. Because to me, yes, you know, God told Moses to write to write the laws on these tablets. But let's be real, it was laws coming from the Most High God who overrules our spirit. So these laws are written in our spirit, which is why our conscience moves the way that it does. When Adam and Eve disobeyed God, and again, refused to take accountability, he had to part away with them. They just were no longer on his level. They were no longer innocent. Why? Because they knew better. They knew of good and evil at this point. Now, they probably did not know not to disobey God. However, when they opened up that covenant, when they made that covenant with the serpent to, you know, know all of this knowledge and not know how to use it properly, well, now they created a covenant that unfortunately pushed them away from God, pushed them out of the glory of God. And that is why it is so important when we look at Jesus. All Jesus's teachings are about mending your relationships. Jesus says, don't even come to pray to me if you and your brother have strife. You need to make things right with your brother, then you come and pray to me. Now, obviously sometimes, you know, uh, sometimes it's best for us to just love people from a distance, right? Uh, sometimes for our safety, physical safety, emotional safety, financial safety, and even more. However, it is important for us to pray to God about it. You know, ask God to help release the both of you from this this spirit of strife, this spirit of conflict. Um, and therefore, it's like you're, you know, uh, interceding even on their behalf to make things right. And that is all about accountability. Maybe about a good eight out of 10 times, it's really okay to mend relationships. It's okay to take accountability for your faults. When Christ comes, a lot of people look at Christ like, like rainbows and butterflies. And that's actually not what Christ was teaching. He was not teaching rainbows and butterflies. He was teaching us how to get along with each other, how to be stand-up human beings, how to, you know, get along with each other because we are not on this earth alone. We are on this earth with each other. And it is God who is more so, you know, above us and governing governing us, but it is us who make the decisions because now we, again, we have knowledge of good and evil now. All these years, we, we have it ingrained in our minds. So he's looking at us to see, well, what are you going to do with it? Right here, I sent this, I sent, I sent a Messiah. I sent myself in human form. 
and I, I showed you how to live the laws the way that I taught even in Moses days because when you look at a lot of praise a lot of uh, the teachings from the Messiah they're very similar to the commandments if, if not all the commandments just broken down very specific they're very specific to a lot of different things to marriage to friendships to to families to work right when they talk about slaves and masters they're talking about work obviously you know we're not really slaves and masters anymore but that's what they're talking about work life and every single type of relationship god is is telling us you know through christ that it's okay like it's okay to it's okay to be a stand-up being christ said ye are gods so that means that we were made in the image of god that's what God told us from Genesis, that we were made in his image. So if we serve a God who I can be like, hey, you know, I don't understand why you did X, Y, and Z. Me talking to God, right? Me asking God a question. God will show me, oh, well, this, this, and this. And God does that for everyone who seeks him. Scripture says, if you seek me, you shall find me. And I will show you, right? I will show you my ways. I will show you, you know, I will give you understanding so that you can see you have to really want to seek God to get that though. A lot of times God talks to each and every one of us every day. And sometimes we even get like jealous and uh, envious of, of each other's gifts. When in all actuality, we all probably have the same exact gifts to some extent or another. Some is just more potent. Some is just more potent in other areas. Um, so you might say, well, yeah, we know all that, right? For all my people who are eating spiritual food, right? You're you're at the level of having steak in a spiritual sense. You get that already, right? You get that Christ came here to teach us how to be better people. However, also, he came to fulfill the law so that we could receive God's grace and mercy from the law. Because we are imperfect. We are imperfect people. And you know that because when Christ was being crucified, he said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Sometimes we are really just so ignorant and like drunk off of these these wicked spirits that we truly don't know how much we are offending someone or hurting someone. And sometimes it's even with our own hurt and our own pain. And that's why it's important to give your burdens scripture says cast your burdens right on the lord cast your burdens on christ let christ be with you let christ help you you know pray for forgiveness pray for pray for understanding pray for for health and pray for peace through christ because we can't do it alone we have a very hard time mending our own situations with others yeah but even with ourselves and what happens is a lot of us are these walking volcanoes and that lava, it, it spreads to others and it burns others, right? And, and that has a spiritual price when you're burning other people with your lava because that means that you are, you're drunk on some form of spirit. So you must pray to be released from that spirit. You have to pray. You have to ask God because that is under the grace and mercy. That is under the covenant that we receive when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior to show us, right? Because he is the way, the truth, and the life. 
So if we want to live better, we want to live in a way of, of God that will make him see us, respect us, honor our prayers, then we truly need to follow Christ who came to, like I said, fulfill the law and give us grace and mercy under him. So all of this is important when you are on your walk and on your journey because you need to understand why. Why Why am I walking this walk? Why, why do I want to give my life to God? A lot of us are very stubborn in our minds. A lot of us are very long-nosed, right? So like, like quick-tempered. A lot of us are just, we just feel like it's too late. Like we can't, it's too late for us to, to learn about God. It's too late for us to change our ways. It's too late for us to, you know, put the past aside. Because a lot of us, that lava that is that is just overflowing in this volcano that we walk in is the past. We seem to love the past despite how much the past hates us. If, if, the, if thinking of the past hurts you so much, then that's kind of like somebody who, who hates you, somebody who dislikes you, right? They, they, they make you feel bad about yourself. They don't want to be around you. They treat you bad. They treat you funny. But yet you still cling to the past. You still cling to this person who treats you so poorly, right? And a lot of us, that comes from learned behavior. So a lot of us, we grew up in environments where we were treated poorly. So we think that being treated poorly means love right um a lot of us have no self-respect for ourselves so we tolerate being treated poorly just so that we don't lose love but in actuality that's like a stockholm syndrome right you have stockholm syndrome when you are treated poorly but yet you are desperate for this person's love you're desperate for this person's attention acceptance even to the point of degrading your own self well that's exactly what it is when you are holding on to the past when you're holding on to the past it's like you have a stockholm syndrome that doesn't want to release you and the ego and the pride and 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 the anger and the wrath all these spirits are telling you that you have the right to be mad or you have the right you know to hate another or treat another with contempt but you do not have the right because at the end of the day those behaviors are of the enemy Right, so we always pray for God to 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 relieve us of our enemies, but then we're quick to become enemies to other people. Why? That is because of the pain. The lava is overflowing. It is the blood of Christ that can deactivate that volcano. You need Christ. You need grace and mercy because you, the volcano, cannot do it yourself. You've at this point, sometimes we even lose ourselves in the volcano. And the lava is just pouring out all over us. It is Christ that can deactivate that volcano because it is Christ who is coming to give you grace and mercy. It is Christ that is coming to show you, no, this is the way. Let that go. Let that pain go. Let that hurt go. Do not be like your enemy. Do not be like the one who hurts you. Do not perpetuate generational cycles of pain and abandonment. Do not do that. You know how it made you feel. You didn't like it. So don't do it to other people. Don't continue to make other people feel bad when you have the power to make other people feel good, to make other people feel loved and accepted. 
and it's not easy it's not easy like especially you know for someone who has been hurt too like everybody else it's not easy to see someone have a misunderstanding with you for no reason and just completely treat you and isolate you out for no reason but yet it is the grace of god it is what jesus taught me in his teachings to say no still extend an olive branch still still you know tr- try to do whatever you can to help to make this person happy because what what do you lose what do you lose when you gain a friend a true friend what do you lose when you go to mend a misunderstanding pride but what is that pride replaced with humility what is humility the fruit of the spirit the fruit of the holy spirit what is pride the fruit of the evil one a demonic fruit right so you exchange one fruit with another but it's all depending on how we treat each other how we see each other how many chances we give each other because what i've learned is as many chances as we give each other is as many chances as god gives us so the minute that you stop giving chances and again it doesn't mean like to be abused in any type of way if you are abused or taken advantage of in any type of way i highly recommend that you pray and you ask god for for guidance and if it's like extreme abuse you cut the person off and you just pray and you give it to god you forgive and forget and move on with your life but usually it's it's those micro situations it's those situations that seem like they're not a big deal but they really are because where is that coming from where is that stemming from so it is through christ again that we receive grace and that we receive mercy from the law right because again we are truly imperfect people and we cannot do it on our own after i was praying today a portion of a scripture came to me where it was said you know one one man cannot do things alone it is better if two right two can do better than one but three three creates an an unbreakable cord right and that's you the other person and the holy spirit And you might say, well, we talked about this for 18 minutes now. Where is this going? Well, there are a lot of wages of sin. And the wage of sin is death, right? We know that. However, again, through Christ we receive mercy. But there is something that we can do to further expand our knowledge on this grace and mercy that we receive from death. And death doesn't always mean physical death. Death can mean financial death, psychological death, mental, emotional, right? Spiritual. Fin- uh as a financial already, right? So it's it's all kinds of ways. However, I was thinking about health. Health. My own health has been in the uh forefront for myself. Um because I realized that my depression caused me to overeat. 
um, simply because it's like, I thought that I was, you know, healed from codependency um, on like substances and stuff, but it's like I just exchanged one substance for another, right? Uh, I exchanged marijuana for food and you know that comes with a consequence we should do everything in moderation however when you are depressed your mind is not exactly the same it doesn't see things the same it sees things from more of a a dark perspective that's like oh well take a ride on the wild side you know like what's worth living for and Christ reminded me that there's everything there's everything to live for you see, when you are on the verge of a breakthrough, and you'll know where your breakthrough is because it's usually the hardest area in your life. Like, it's so hard. It seems like it's no end in sight. The enemy continuously ta- attacks you in this area. When you are experiencing that type of conflict, like Job, right? Like how Job was being tested by God and Satan and had lost everything and was just extremely sad and burdened like every day. When you are at that phase, please believe, please trust and believe that God is about to bless you. God is about to give you a breakthrough. However, we have to go through certain things with certain people to help us be ready for that breakthrough. So for example, I'm talking about help. There is someone who may be sick or suffering with some type of sickness. And the problem with the sickness is that it's it's not, it's real, of course, right? Because, you know, science and stuff like that. But it's more spiritual than physical. A lot of our sicknesses come from the spirit. So they can come from a spirit of lust, a spirit of envy, a spirit of wrath, a spirit of gluttony. Every single one of our diseases on this physical realm comes from some type of spiritual covenant that we have created in our lives, some way, shape, or form. And Pretty much I want to give the instructions on how to break free from that covenant. Um, Because covenants, spiritual covenants are not, they're not easy to break, right? Because even in the Our Father prayer, it says as above, so below. So you need to take as much strength in the physical, right? Because when we're sick in the physical, we take our medicine, you know, we try to eat healthy and stuff like that. But a lot of us notice that we don't feel better. And it's because spiritually we are still sick. We're still sick. We're still holding on to unforgiveness. We're still holding on to pain. We're still holding on to trauma. We're still holding on to poverty mindset. We're still holding on. We're still holding on to the things that beat us down. And the physical body is nothing more than a a vehicle, right? So if you don't take care of your physical body, it starts to break down. Well, here's how you break free from these spirits physically. But I want to focus on spiritual because spiritual is more important. First things first is you need to forgive. 
you need to forgive. You don't, I won't say that we forget because I've forgiven a lot of things, but I don't forget. It's just, I don't know. For some reason, I just can't forget. However, I'm, I make sure that I do not charge people of past sins, right? So if you committed a sin against me in the past, but we've moved on, you've apologized, I'm older, you're older, things are over. Like, I'm not gonna continuously charge you of those sins because then God is gonna look at me and be like, oh, okay, well, since you charge it for sins, I'm gonna charge you for your sins, right? That's exactly what the Our Father prayer means. So I make sure to be careful not to charge other people of their past sins. You know, yesterday was yesterday, today's a new day, it's over. We need to be strong and put on our Ephesians 6 armor to fight the enemies of today instead of being focused on the enemies of yesterday and yesteryear, right? So the first thing that you need to do is forgive. You need to let things go. If you have pain with your parents, pain with your family, pain, you know, with finances, whatever where, whatever place that you have the most pain, you need to start forgiving it and letting it go. Like, it's like unpacking a book bag that you've collected from life school. You need to let it go and start to put these books back on the shelf. You've already learned the lessons, right? And now it's like, you're, it's like you've only extracted the bitter lessons, but you've left all the sweet lessons in the book. So your, your mind is filled with all the bitterness but all the sweetness, we left it behind because we go through these situations and we don't see nothing sweet. We don't see, you know, what this taught us or we don't see how sometimes God uses our pain and betrayals and, and, and trauma to actually build us up because he loves us. He wants us to be strong. He wants us to be able to stand strong in the face of actual uh, danger, actual harm, you know, actual, actual transgressions. We only see what happened. We only hear what was said. We only feel the the trauma and the pain of that moment. It's like our pain was was snapped in a picture and, and we could just replay it over and over again in our minds, even though that pain is years old sometimes, right? So we have to let the pain go because what unforgiveness does is, especially in my body, unforgiveness creates, it starts to make the tissues like clump up they start to clump up and they start to form lumps. They start to form abscess. They start to form, you know, uh, cysts and things like that. Unforgiveness, it, it just messes up the flow of the body, which makes sense because unforgiveness messes up the flow of life, right? So definitely work on the unforgiveness, like just let it go. Now, of course, that also goes with bitterness. Bitterness, can give you mental it can give you a, a a mental consequence to where you have a hard time perceiving like what's real from what's not real right so if you are under the spirit of bitterness right and wrath and anger it makes even the simplest situation seem like you're being attacked Right? So if you always feel like you're attacked, if you always feel like somebody's out to get you, if you always feel like life is not going in your favor and, and you know, just woe is you, what that starts to do is that starts to put this depressed vibe on your body now to where the mind is not strong enough to fight through, you know, to, to actually see what's real from what's fake. So the body now just starts to just shut down. And that's when we see like, you know, atrophy in the body. 
um, weight gain in the body, right? Because that, that's also kind of along with depression, you know? Because a lot of the time, what's really behind anger is sadness. So when I see an angry person, I don't get angry with them because I know that the truth behind your anger is sadness. However, sadness is not something that's respected in a patriarchal world. So people feel like they need to use their anger to show their power because they feel powerless, right? Like I'm t- like when, when you have the Holy Spirit, you begin to see things and people differently and it makes you not want to, you know, add to your karmic debt or, or have problems with this person because you begin to feel for them. Like, wow, like that's really sad, you know, like, like, damn. Um, so yeah, so like bitterness, bitterness and unforgiveness to me really damages the body the most the most um gluttony obviously gives you like obesity uh liver problems uh organ failure and things like that we're we're gluttonous so we like too much of something We, we are greedy right and some of us, we could be greedy, greedy for anything, greedy for money, greedy for drugs, greedy for food, greedy for alcohol. Like we just have this, we don't have self-control. If you think about it, every fruit of the spirit is almost the exact opposite of the, the seven deadly sins. And the reason why I think that they're deadly is because they they begin to make you physically sick. They all come with a cause. Remember, the price of sin is death. So if you do too much of these sins, your body will literally begin to shut down. And a lot, like I said, a lot of us, we think that we are justified in our anger, or we're justified in our wrath, or we're justified in our vengeance, or we're justified in sitting around and being gluttonous and greedy all day, or we, we think that. But really, that's just leading us down a pathway to hell, a personal hell where it's just you, right? Um, hmm. so then the opposite of gluttony would be to be generous Mm, to share to share right so let's say for example for me right as a person who is justifying my gluttonous behavior by saying that I'm just sad and depressed and, you know, I'm lonely, so I'm trying to use food to comfort. That's why they call it comfort food. And I'm just sitting here eating this big, huge, extra-large Cinnabon, and then a friend comes over, right? I can actually save myself from overeating, from from indulging in the spirit of gluttony by sharing. Mmm. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit by sharing so if I share half of my big huge Cinnabon with a friend oh I love that I'm sorry that just moved me Like it's, it's me working towards being better which is showing the fruit of the spirit starting to harvest in my life right the same thing with with all of them, with all of the seven deadly sins, self-control. So once you start to see that you're getting angry or frustrated or wrath, or you feeling like 
you want to take vengeance or you feeling like you want to eat or you feeling like it's like it's like the fruit of the spirit are the 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 antidotes to these poisonous problems humility right humility is the opposite of of wrath wow because like i said it is the spirit of pride okay so humility would be the opposite of pride got it okay so let's say for example i i did something wrong i hurt somebody's feelings but my pride is too high and mighty to say sorry right when the spirit of humility comes over me when you when you accept the lord jesus christ as your savior and you begin to produce fruit of the spirit all of a sudden you're like hey you know what i was i'm sorry the other day i did x y and z to you and i'm sorry i didn't mean that that's humility that's curing pride i'm about to teach you how to get better mm, i'm about to i'm about to heal the world <laughs> I'm about to heal the world from sickness because that's just so amazing. Like the fruit of the spirit is literally the antidote for the seven deadly sins. And that is why we need to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior because he's our teacher. Not only is he our savior, but he's our teacher. He teaches us how to put the fruit of spirit into action. Humility it was it's Christ it's Jesus Christ it's the Lord himself it's Yahweh it's Yahweh in a human form washing people's feet that's humility God look how many people are in power and have a hard time you know doing what's right because they they they're so prideful God, the creator of this whole entire world, was in a human form and washed the feet of others. How first of all, let's just take how can we not love God? <laughs> like how can we not love Yahweh? Like mm. Oh. Wow. That that's a beautiful covenant to be under. That's a beautiful covenant to be under. the opposite of envy then will most likely be love and gentleness right when you envy someone you want what they have so bad envy is love turned into hate that's what envy is you want what this person has so bad that you're willing to even do something to them. You're willing to sin just to get what they have. We need to replace that then with gentleness. We should be gentle with people instead of envying people. We should love them instead of hating them. Right? Hmm. It's just amazing. It's amazing when you look at the fruit of the spirit. 
love, peace, joy, goodness, kindness, self-control, patience, faithfulness, gentleness. And then we, we look at the seven deadly sins, right? Wrath, anger, greed, pride, lust. Gluttony. Uh, probably, I'm always missing one. But anyways, when we begin to exchange, right? And we have to actively do this. You have to actively practice this. This is how we're going to heal your spirit. And when we heal your spirit, it's going to heal your physical body. I promise you. I feel like, I feel like I just, I trust God on this. When you exchange your, your automatic reactions for these self-controlled Holy Spirit guided reactions, I have a strong feeling that you will not only begin to heal your relationships with others and get closer to God, but you will begin to heal yourself on all the different realms, mental, physical, spiritual, financial, because you will be operating from the highest form of, of, of love, 